0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Ezra, chapter number 9, starting with verse number 8. The Bible says, and now, for a little space, grace hath been shewn, have been shewed from the Lord our God, to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a nail in His holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. For we were bondmen. Yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God, and to repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. The phrase that has weighed heavy on me for perhaps a few weeks now is that found in verse A the concluding phrase there Ezra and his prayers praying unto God that the Lord would and he has given and will give us a little reviving in our bondage hallelujah Jesus and I want to pray preach here this evening for a little while a little reviving little reviving God I come to you tonight and I stand here inadequate Lord as a man inadequate Lord Jesus God as a vessel but it's not predicated upon me it's on you God whenever we shut these lights out tonight and we depart from this sanctuary what's happened here will be a result of you because of you I'm just an humble servant standing here tonight Lord if I can be bread for these people make me the bread if I can be a voice God for my generation let me be a voice I pray God as Ezra prayed give us a little reviving and our bondage the name of Jesus Christ that I pray the church say amen Amen. You may be seated tonight. Lovely name of the Lord. Seventy years would be the number the years of bondage that the children of Israel had spent in Babylon had been taken away captives into a foreign land and had been separated away from those things that were norm to them been separated from their temple that as their cap as those who took them captive left left it in ruins and in dismay they had left their tabernacle their temple the place where they had worshiped where they had admired God and lifted up his name they had left that place Every memory that they had had of that place, though, went with them when they went to captivity. And no doubt, days after they became captives, they would begin to recall the times that they had back at Jerusalem, the homes that they had established, the vineyards that they had kept, the house of God that they had visited, the experiences that they had experienced there in the house of God. Seventy years would elapse would almost seemingly snuff some of those memories and some of those dreams out of their lives for them to have a decree from the man that was over them at that time by the name of Cyrus. Jeremiah prophesied of it in his day that Cyrus would come to rule and he would speak to those that were in captivity that they would be able to return back to Jerusalem more plainly to Judah if they desired or if they would, in order to go there and repair their tabernacle, reestablish their homes and live life once again. And that decree did come by Cyrus and it fell upon the ears of some that were very hungry and had hungered all along for 70 years for just that time when they could return to the land that they so loved and so adored. Return back to a tabernacle, although it was in ruins, that they might be able to put their hand to, invest some time in and some work and blood and tears to see it once again be erected in a stately fashion that they could go there and give forth their praise and their supplication and offer their sacrifices and their offering unto God. And although that would fall upon some eager ears, there were other ears, though, that had become so accustomed to their captivity So accustomed to Babylon and the place that where they were at, where the opportunity was given to them, they did not find their path back home. They remained where they were. They enjoyed the land now that they were in. The food that they were eating. The houses that they were abiding in. As a matter of fact, from my understanding, those who chose to remain in captivity was about six times the number of those that decided that they should return back home to Judah, back home to Jerusalem. No doubt it was a time of celebration. It was a time in which the people that were eager to go back could celebrate that now they were released from that place of Babylon, that uh, the food that they ate and the houses they lived in and the vineyards that were there, they were released from that now. They could go back home, back to a way of life that they once remembered. There were some that were going back home to a place they hadn't even never visited before. Having been born in captivity, they'd never seen that place. The only stories they had were of their mother, of their father, perhaps of their grandparents, telling them of the activity of Jerusalem, the activity, if you will, of Judah. We're going back home, kids. I know you've never seen this. I know you've never experienced this, but we have, we want to share with you the stories of what God has done in that city, what God has exercised in that place. Let us tell you of the times of the experience of his glory that we had seen in that temple Of its magnificence and there not being another edifice in all the land that has been as magnificent as that place. And we know now it's in ruins, but we'll get our hands in and we'll rebuild and we'll somehow have a structure that we can revisit and an altar that we can pray at and sacrifice at. And so they return back home free now, if you will, from Babylon. And it would be a glorious time, I mean, for 70 years uh, to be incarcerated in captivity in a land that was not your own, you're not a native of. It's just a good thing to get back home and they're getting back home now. It seems to be a glorious thing to be able to come back home. But the reality of the situation is this. Although they were home in Jerusalem. Although their first mode of activity when they got there under the hand of Zerubbabel was to reestablish an altar. Although some of the first acts after they got back there was to start to lay the foundation of the house of God. And there would be years that they would be in rebuilding the house of God. And, And they weren't in Babylon right now. Although that was a great and tremendous thing. There was one fact that remained so and remained sure and steadfast. And that was this. Although they were in Judah and Jerusalem, Judah and Jerusalem were still within the province and the empire of the Persians. Although they were not in Babylon anymore, but they were back home in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was still under the regulations of that Persian empire. Judah was still yet under the regulations of that Persian empire. And so they seemed to have somewhat of a liberty, but still yet somewhat of a bondage they were released from Babylon but still there were some orders and decrees and laws that were set by the empire of that great Persian empire that still impacted and affected their lives right. Come on. Yes, sir. they might not have been in the captivity of eating their food and living in their land and living in their house but there were still some things that they had to contend with because they were a part of that persian empire yes, ladies and gentlemen i'd like to declare today that i love and i adore coming to the house of god i enjoy the times that i can cross over that threshold and enter into this place because there are moments in my life whenever i enter here that there all the world around me can be a very dismal picture but there's something that's special That can happen whenever I cross the threshold into the house of God. Uh, Even though you may be born again of the water and the spirit, and in the essence of being set free from the captivity of sin, we have been, if we've been born again, of the water and the spirit. And that's a great thing to celebrate. And it should be celebrated. It should be recognized. There is still yet a fact that is very true. Although I've been liberated in that essence, in that mode, I still live in a fleshly body. And I still have the dictates of a worldly system that impact, affect, and influence my life. And the drawback. being in Jerusalem but still being in the empire of Persia is that there's going to be some things come back down the pike from the Persian empire that's still going to affect my life there's things that's going to regulations and laws that are going to be made that's still going to impact my way of living That's still going to discourage my mind. That's going to make me shed some tears because of just the arena in which I live. I've been set free, but I'm still bound in this old world, this old earth, this old fleshly body that I have. I'm still bound by it. I love the presence of the Lord. I love the power of God but the fact of the matter is this Sister Angie Craig whenever I leave this building there are real issues that this this world is serving me that's still going to impact me whether I'm Christian or non-Christian whenever I leave this world and I find myself in the job on the job, in the school there's still some things and activity that takes place in those modes of life that's still going to somehow arise inside of me and influence me and sometimes draw me down. Other times depress me. Other times confuse me. Other times make me wag my head wondering what in the world is going on. Outside of that there's times in my flesh that my flesh arises and I succumb to the things of my flesh. It starts to dictate some things in my life and in those moments I realize I've not yet made heaven my home yet. I still got some bondage in my life. I still have some regulations. I'm still 10 to the earthly there's still some things in my life that are regulated that seem to be on my control yet they still impact me influence me and affect me someone say amen, amen. 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 Come on, man. Yes, sir. ezra understands this well the first group has went back to jerusalem Judah if you will under Zerubbabel they have built their altar they have started the foundation of the house of God there is a bold period of time but there's no work going on and the reason why no works going on is because people are starting to fall to the influences of life they're falling to the influences of flesh perhaps some of them are falling to the influences of the demands of the Persian Empire and so they leave off building God's house they leave off building the house of God until a prophet arises and says, Hey, let's get, let's put the main thing, the main thing, and let's get back to it. And whenever Ezra comes with his group of people, amen, from that captivity, the Bible says there is something horrible going on. That some of the leadership and some of the people of that land, they are intermarrying, amen, with other tribes, other people, and other sects. And that's going to bring false doctrine and false gods back into their land. And that was the reason why they ever went to captivity to begin with and he said all this stuff's going to take place, what was happening to those people they were free yes but they were still succumbing to the flesh, they were still succumbing to the dictates if you will of the land in which they lived and Ezra seen this, he understood this understand Ezra never seen the other temple Ezra was born in captivity whenever Ezra got to Jerusalem that was the first time he ever had a temple in his life when he laid his eyes on that he had never seen anything like that he was in awe about this idea of a place where you could pray a place where you could worship a place where you could sacrifice he was taken aback by the idea you could go and commune with God at such a place someone say amen they're not being ignorant at all understanding they're freed from their 70 years bondage but they still got to some things to contend with there's still some things that's going to rise in their life they are free but they're not totally free and they got some bondages and he perceived in his mind God there's only one way I can see that they're going to be able to make it there's only one way that I can see that they're going to be able to trudge on and stay faithful and stay true and so God I'm going on my knees today and I'm praying God you've given us a little grace you've given us a little space of grace and I'm praying God today that you would give us just a little reviving in our bondage because we still got the Persian empire to deal with we still have the flesh to deal with we still have sickness and disease to deal with we still have family dysfunctions to deal with we still have the heartache amen of the lack of finances sometimes to deal with but we need to have some time in that interim of time a time when we can have a little reviving in the midst of our bondage And this is the prayer he prayed unto the Lord. He said, you got a little space of grace for us. You've shewed this to us from the Lord. You've left a remnant to escape. And look what he says. He's praying to God. He said to give us, in verse 8, to give us a nail in his holy place. Give us a nail in his holy place. Everybody say a nail. A nail that... Fastens two things together. A nail may be the place where something is hung. He says give us a nail in his holy place. A few Wednesday nights ago we talked about the word in. It means a few different things. But this is what it doesn't mean for this instance. Not that he would give us a nail meaning in the location. In as being the location of his holy place but he would give us a nail by means of of his holy place in other words the nail was his holy place whenever i make the statement that we receive a gift i talk about my wife and i we receive a gift in our children i'm not telling you there's a literal gift in our kids we receive a gift in our children that's not what I'm saying. Whenever I say we receive a gift in our children, what I'm telling you, our children is our gift. Yeah. Is saying, he's saying, Lord, give us, give us a nail <laughs> in his holy place. In other words, God, let, your nail, let that holy place, let the sanctuary, let the house of God, let the tabernacle, let the temple, let that place be a place that some things get fastened together. Let that place be a place where we can hang some things on it. Someone say amen. See, for an individual, whenever we didn't have all the fineries that we have today, we got to go back, folks. Got to come on. Amen. they didn't have the cupboards and the cabinets and the islands and everything that you put all your dishes and your spoons and everything else in but what they had in their, in their houses and abodes were nails and that nail was there for a purpose that nail was so that they could hang some of the utensils of life upon it they could hang some of the utensils that were most common to them that were going to be of some use to them upon them for anybody to give another if you came over to someone's house they might even point at a nail and say here's a nail for you what that mean any of the belongings that you brought your jacket your coat you can hang it on there and so if you were given a nail in someone's house you were to be given a part or a right in the house and he is saying God he's saying give us a nail in this holy place let that holy place be the thing amen that we can fasten on to that we can hang some of things life things and events of life onto. what well, you're preaching tonight preacher I'm preaching this we need a little reviving in our bondage because whenever I walk in this world amen I still got some bondage to deal with honey I still got COPD sister amen that I gotta deal with I still got the death and the loss of loved ones that I got to deal with. I still got the backsliding of some of my friends and family that I got to deal with. I still have financial woe. I still get a headache every once in a while. My back aches every once in a while. The government and the society that I live in gives legislation that I got to live with and I don't necessarily like, but whenever I get to the house of God and I step over that threshold in this place, this is a sacred place and this is where you and I can get a little revived in our bondage Someone hear me tonight. We've underestimated the house of God. We've underestimated Brother Jeremy Right, the songs that we sing whenever we gather together. I know it's easy, amen, to come in and throw up a hand through the mechanical, amen, attributes of just doing the form and the ritual. Have our hands up and our minds are a thousand places. But let me tell you something, friend. When you come to God's house, you've come to a nail that you can hang that sickness on, that you can hang that judgmental spirit. Spirit on that you can hang what the government has dictated to you on. You can put it right there, and right in the middle of this earthly world, in our flesh, we can have a little reviving in our bondage. That's the reason why I can't absent. I can't absent my attendance to the house of God. Heather knew what he was talking about. He said, Your people need a little reviving in their bondage. He said, But we got to have something for that. We need that temple back, we need that tabernacle back. Because that will be the place when they step over in that. Yeah, there's still the care. There's still the worry. There's still the turmoil. They are still within the vicinity of of the Persian Empire. But whenever they step over that threshold into the holy place, whenever they step into the congregation of the Spirit of the Lord and the people of the Lord, there's an atmospheric change. There is a destiny change. There's an environment change. They're in the world, but they're not of the world. Whenever they get to the house of God, and if they can just get to the house of God... I'm going to revive some embers if they can just get to the house of God. I'm going to give them the second wind for their tomorrow if they can just get to the house of I'm going to give them a little revive. Reviving in their bondage. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh! I don't know about you, but I need a place like that. Still being bound in this flesh, Brother Dykus? I need a place like that. Because I guarantee you, and I know from standing on this platform and looking out on faces... That I can see worry on faces. I can see discouragement on faces. I can see wrinkles in your forehead. Amen. That life has plowed there. Because of circumstances. And it's just crying out to me. That we're still in bondage. We're not totally free yet. And I see some wavering. And I see some in and some out. I see some being picked up. Picked up if you will. By being in the province of Persia. Being in the land if you will. Of the living. Still just another person in our flesh. But being influenced by things but honey let me give you good advice tonight god still has a house god still has a sanctuary and if you can make it to the house of god he's going to give you a little reviving oh don't preclude going to that oh jesus jesus honey I just garner the words of David when he said I was glad when they said unto me let's go into the house of the Lord I know what that was speaking about in context of David Amen. how the generations before him never could go to the house but he could but through his pen for today amen I hear it in my spirit to say I was glad when they said unto me let's go to the house of the Lord because I can't get reviving from my government I can't get reviving from my job I can't get reviving from my family I can't get reviving from my finances, but if I can get to God's house, if I can get to the sanctuary, if I can get to the church, he'll give me a little reviving in my bondage. Admittedly, I've walked in here not feeling good sometimes. But in the process of me being here, and being here is interpreted more than just being present. In the process of me being here, when I crossed over the threshold, I was still not feeling good. But the time that I spent there, just that hour and a half, for that two hours, if there was just 30 minutes of prayer before church, in that two hour, that little space, he said just a little space of grace. Just a momentary spot of grace. Honey, that's what church service is for you. It's a momentary little space of grace that... You've dealt with hell and high water all through the week, all through your day and God says here's an hour and a half of grace and while you're experiencing my grace I'm going to put a reviving. Uh That house of God. Man, that becomes, that becomes my, my nail. House of God becomes my, my nail. And I walk in with my worry. House of God's my nail. I put my worry over there. And I come in there with my disappointment from what's already happened to me in this earth this week. But the house of God's my nail. And I put my disappointment there and I come into the Lord, Brother and Sister Johnson, and already got the next surgery in the forecast. But I come into God's house, and I put that surgery right there on the nail. Hallelujah. I come to God's house, and I don't have enough money to take care of the bells that's laying on my table, but I've come to God's house. He's given me a little space here of grace, and I take that financial problem, and I put it right there on that nail right there. I grab that old coat, that thing that's telling me I got dysfunction in my family every time around them like we seem to argue nothing can go right but i stepped into the house of God it's my nail and I place that thing up that's a nail that's sure that's a nail that's steadfast throw anything and everything you want on it and let God This is how I came in. What did that to you, Brother McGee? You live, you live wrongly? No life. What brought that on you, Brother McGee? You're doing some great sin? Nope, just life. I'm just bearing to you where I'm living. I'm still in the Persian Empire. Feel like the blind man who didn't send you your parents, neither. Just for the glory of God. It's hard to have life when all of life's circumstances are on your shoulders. Life all by itself has a tendency to snuff out life. It doesn't have to be something catastrophic. All it has to be is a bunch of life circumstances together that will cause you to come in here bowed over. But when you come in here bowed over, you need to take advantage of that space of grace. Because I find some of us coming to church and then not coming to church. Because I got everything that my flesh is conjured up. Everything that the kingdom in which I'm living is conjured up. And I come to church. Oh, man. Uh, There's Brother and Sister Mason singing, Jesus at the center of it all. God, man, there's a lot of dysfunction in my family. Oh, Lord, where's the money going to come from? God, no, 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 no. You're not taking advantage of his space of grace he didn't intend on you coming to his house and mulling over in your mind everything you've mulled over for the past few days before getting to his house he's giving you a nail and so I began to come into that space of grace and I feel a little kindling going on and I start laying one thing down and another thing down. Before you know it, honey, man, when I was bowed over, I'm erect straight. There's no hindrance in my worship. There's no hindrance in my prayer. There's no hindrance when the altar calls is made. I can walk up there, lift my hands in exuberance to God. Why? Because he's given me a little reviving in my bondage. Did that cure the situation? No. Bishop said he's walked out of this church. He felt good when he was here. He was sick when he walked back out the door. I walked back out the door. My family dysfunction is still there. My bills still need to be paid. He said, I love the church. I love God. But some things were just meant to live with. But take advantage then of the spaces of grace he gives us. The ones that find them totally frustrated. Is whenever all life's things get on their shoulders. And they forsake the place of grace. Because you'll carry that around till you die. And it'll get heavier. And you'll become further underneath the load. If you never attend the house of God. Because God's house is that nail where you can lay that aside for a time. No, there. There's been times, brother, I've been to conferences in the winter like this and conferences that may last just several days and it's frigid cold, frigid cold weather. And so here we are, you know, I got on the undershirt, I got, I got, I got this shirt on, I got a suit jacket on and I have an overcoat on. Whatever you don't carry that every day on a regular basis, let me tell you something, that gets heavy. It does. I've taken that stuff off at night over a day of doing that and my shoulders are sore. Why? Because I went to eat with that on. I went to church with it on. Sometimes there's not even where to put stuff whenever you're in church services, sometimes like that. Went to church with it on, went to eat with it on, finally got to the hotel. And you know what? There was a saving grace. It was called a little hook. And I took that honey and I threw it up there. Man, man, I'm just so sore. Why? Because, man, I've been carrying that all day. I wish there was a hook somewhere else along the path. God's house, God's sanctuary. Your shoulder's getting a little sore, getting a little overly done in the back because of everything you're carrying. You better get to God's house Wednesday night. You better get to God's house Sunday morning. You better get to God's house Sunday night. There's an hour and a half or two hours of a space of grace, and he's got a nail for you where you can hang up your hang-ups, hallelujah, and have a little freedom And what you get in that space of grace is gonna empower you to pick some of those things up and walk three more days in this life until you can get back to God's house. Ezra's praying that prayer. Be that nail, Lord. the house of God, be that nail. Let it be that place. Give us a, give us a. God, I don't have to have a full-fledged breakout man. Revive. Just give me a little reviving. If you can give me enough life back that I lost between the last time. Brother Mason I'm all for complete deliverance please don't misjudge or misconstrue what I'm saying tonight I'm all for all of that and I hope I'm not preaching against myself or the word or anything else but I dare to say there are times in life that you're not going to get that but he has guaranteed me a little reviving. he didn't say give him total revival every time to get to God's house But Lord, if you can grant them a little reviving for what's on the nail that they place there. I'm looking in people's faces tonight that's been diligent about being in the house of God and you know what God's given you every time you come here just a little reviving you still carrying the same problem you still got the same episode going on in your life but every time you made it to God's house and you got to that nail and you hung all that stuff up you know what God endued you with not a full-fledged revival that took care of the whole need but he gave you a little reviving so you could carry it a few more days until Sunday morning came or until Friday night fusion came whatever it may be stand with me tonight not too many evidently there was the minority that made it back to Jerusalem a minority that made it back to Judah. A minority that made it back to that temple. And those that lived in Babylon was under the Persian Empire. And those that were in Jerusalem were under the Persian Empire. Those that were in Babylon was going to have some things that their flesh conjured up that they was going to have to deal with. Those that were in Jerusalem. We're going to have some things that the flesh would conjure up that they were going to have to deal with. Those that were in Babylon were going to suffer by the hand of the empire in which they live. And those that were in Jerusalem were going to suffer by the empire in which they live. The difference is this. Jerusalem had the nail and Babylon didn't. Jerusalem had a space of grace where they could get a little reviving and Babylon didn't. We need a little... Reviving here this evening because as a church you've walked in here with your woes and you walked in here with your disagreements perhaps among family members you walked in here with your sickness and your disease and you have walked in here with some hard things but I pray tell me when you cross that threshold did you not just like when you enter in with a winter coat and there's a place to hang it say I'm getting this off I don't need this on me for right now Ezra said God We bow our heads Ezra says God Give them just a little Reviving In their Bondage That bondage isn't totally Alleviated folks until rapture day Or until we go by the grave It's not totally alleviated till then But until then Let's not forsake that little space of grace, that moment momentary time, where God's saying, "Let me just give you, let me just give you a little refreshment, let me give you just a little restoration here, let me give you a little strength, a little wisdom, a little fortitude, let me, let me just give you a little reviving, a little reviving for your bondage. These altars are open tonight." These altars are open tonight. I'm going to walk the line of Bishop here a little this evening. If there's some things that you've been carrying in God's house with and you leave and you exit with them, because right now it seems your lot in life. And if I already got your coat or jacket up there, you can take it or whatever. I'm asking you tonight in a symbolical way, if you got some of those things that just the, norma- the normalcy of, of life and, and your flesh is conjuring up some things that you just got to deal with because it's just part of being human. Or you got to deal with because it's just part of being <laughs> in this world. If you got a coat or jacket, something that you have just in a symbolical way tonight. If you come to this altar before you leave this and you can get it when it's all said and done. Would you just throw it on that little stand out there just letting God know, God, the house of the Lord is my nail. It's a place where we can hang things. It's a place where we can fasten things. And I'm putting, I'm putting my sickness there for right now. I'm putting my worry there right now. I'm putting my depression there right now. Putting my dis- discontent feelings and, and my feelings of anxiety. I- I'm putting that right now because i got to take advantage of this space. This little space of Grace. Because, God, I am in sore need of a little reviving in my bondage. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.